0: y'all i'm evie and
1: i'm bernie
2: and you're listening to woke woke docs a podcast about the lives of women of color in medicine and health justice
1: today we have the pleasure of interviewing the organizing team of the freedom community clinic freedom community clinic provides community centered whole person healing combining the strengths of western medicine and ancestral and indigenous healing to the bay area all services are for free and sliding scale
2: we are so excited to talk with Tiffany, Sabrina, Krista and Alexis on their healing journeys and work in acupuncture, health education, Reiki, yoga and herbal medicine. We are especially interested in hearing more about how their healing modalities provide a safe space for communities alongside the medical community.
1: So stay woke, y'all, and thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, y'all, what's up? We are here in the midst of Rona and uh, Rona 2020, Rona 2020. And we're just so excited for this really exciting episode. Um, I've been meaning to do this episode for a while because um, these four badass women of color have just been so awesome and so life-changing within the past year. Um, So we'll start off with a check-in question that was decided by the team, which is what's been on replay? So I'll start. Um, For me, for some reason the Starboy boy kid album um i forgot i think it's called Soundman volume one it was like released in 2019 amazing afro beats y'all but that whole album has just been so amazing literally it's just like allowed me to get up every morning and start off the week because we still gotta go to the hospital every single day <laughs> this is true every single day because we're on the front lines right here doing rona so, some Afro beats, some recommendations for y'all. And I'm going to pass it to Evie.
2: So, I feel like I've been listening to a lot of music, but there's not been one particular song that's been on replay lately. But things that I have been watching a lot of lately during these crazy times, actually, I finished like a week ago, but still, I'm going to plug it. For those who haven't watched yet, Love is Blind. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Bachelor Love is Blind. Like, I finished The, the Bachelor uh you series finished. finale yesterday and i finished love is blind and that's I, like, why you're off twitter right yeah i actually like took a, a week break off of twitter because i didn't want any spoilers from the bachelor that is so sad but <laughs> however, that's my truth and i'm living in it um and yeah i feel like i just have been watching this binge watching actually not binge watching i spread it out because the bachelor comes out every week there we go. but just like watching these trash reality tv shows because you know we all have our guilty pleasures yeah. and that's one of mine so Watching people find love and not find love <laughs> in front of
1: millions <laughs> um, is one of my go-to pleasures. Right. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, It was recommended to me by EVA, and I couldn't watch 10 yeah, minutes of no, it. No, I mean, it's
2: not for the weak at heart. Okay? I think you, did, you, thought, you <laughs> didn't even believe You have to me. really have a strong will. You have to, like, really want to get through it because it can be pretty painful and pretty cringy. Right. There was a scene where Cameron on Love is Blind started rapping. Yeah. Ooh, it went on for a little bit too long. <laughs> him. He's so precious that I was like, this is, ugh. I could stop watching right now. But you just have to have a strong will and just keep pushing through. Which Dedication. You do.
1: Yep. That's, that's me. There we go.
2: Um, all right, I'm going to pass it on to one of our lovely guests, Tiffany. What have you been playing lately?
3: Uh, let's see. So I was playing MacArthur Park by Donna Summer for a good minute there, Ooh. which is really, really that's some throwback oh. disco. Yes, um, but I was I was loving it, and so was my youngin. And um, Watchmen really has taken up a lot of my time on HBO. That's that's my guilty pleasure, I guess, right now. Watching people dress up like superheroes—that's <laughs> a good escape. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Sabrina.
4: Hey, hey y'all. So <laughs> for me, I guess it's going to be Janae Aiko's new album, Chilombo. Shout okay. out to her. <laughs> she just reminds me that you can be a healing, spiritual, bad bitch all at the same time. It's a bad bitch. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what's been on replay, especially the um, the song BS featuring her. That's my that's my oh, jam yes, right that now. That song, that song. That's mm-hmm. my jam. mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me quote it real quick. <laughs> Please. I just seen your ex bitch and it boost my self esteem. I think that's <laughs> something like that. I just seen uh, your no. I just seen your new bitch and it boost my <laughs> self esteem. Okay. So here we go. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna pass it on to Krista. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all. Um,
0: so what's been on replay music wise? I've had. Uh, actually Cameron's rap on repeat. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Music wise, uh, K Trinata has a new album. Oh, so I've been listening to Mm -hmm. that on repeat. Um, And then TV wise, same as EVA. Love is blind. is just magic. (laughs) Like trash, but magic, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so with that, I'll pass to Alexis. Um, I've been listening to
5: Megan Thee Stallion's new project, Sugar, which is so good. And I've listened to a lot of Sam Cooke recently. His his uh, live album in Harlem mm-hmm. um, is like the best live album I think I've ever heard.
0: Hmm. Damn. Thank.
5: You. Yeah, that was a great check-in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know, that I was like great. That one. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, y'all. This is a special episode for all of our listeners. Literally so many people, um, they like write to us and they're like, what's Freedom Clinic? How can we be involved? And I'm like, y'all really got to know the team that's behind so many of the ideas and the spirit and the energy behind so many of the events and just like the creative process of putting, of, of giving healing to our communities that need it the most, so Just wanted to introduce this amazing team, um, Alexis, Krista, Sabrina, Tiff, who are all just badass women of color healing practitioners, and um, I get to work alongside them as part of the organizing team for Freedom Community Clinic, and we literally, (coughs) I mean, we can talk about how we all met, although it's just, like, hella random, like... I think I had emailed Kristen and Alexis. I met Sabrina at the farmers market, and then <laughs> Tiff had found us through Instagram. So <laughs> it's like it. all hello organic, but definitely not coincidental because it's just all aligned. And um, everything we do in the Freedom Community Clinic, whether it's like our programs, initiatives, community pop-up clinics, our workshops, all of that is done with the love and the and the input and the idea. And the idea is with all of us, and it's just like super beautiful because it's hello organic. I mean, we I tell us that like every meeting, but like we meet at like, we meet at the taco shop, we like talk about our lives and our like healing journeys over the past few weeks since we've seen each other, and then we like start planning, but usually just like kind of organically comes in because I think um, all of us are just tuned into our own healing journeys and how essential it is for us to give love to ourselves and how essential it is that we give love to our communities so thank y'all for being
2: here um and i'm excited to see all the people that bernie talks about all the time <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah so um we could start with tiff if you could tell us and then we'll just go down the line but um all of you are just so unique and i think like that's what i love to talk about to other people about freedom clinic is like we're all so different and we come into healing from our different backgrounds and we we are called to a different purpose as we heal, help others in their healing journey. So yeah, if you could just like introduce yourself, talk about like oh what you do, what you give, what's your love offering, and yeah, more about yourself.
3: Okay. Um <coughs> so my name is Tiffany and I'm a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, an acupuncturist, and, um, you know, I really came into this work because I wanted to provide a healing service to the community. I grew up on the East Coast in Brooklyn and saw how people were impacted just by socioeconomics and health disparities and things like that. And I knew a lot of people who were on a lot of medications. And nobody seemed to be getting better. So growing up, I wanted to do something in the healing profession. And acupuncture and Chinese medicine just is an opportunity to address the whole person and to reach a lot of people at once. So that's the work that I do and I love doing. And yeah. That's
4: amazing. Hey, And my name is Sabrina. I am an outreach program coordinator for lifelong medical care and part of my outreach is going out and providing free blood pressure screenings um, to underserved communities in Berkeley and Oakland Um, along with the blood pressure screenings we um, we do a lot of health education wellness education just nutrition just a bunch of information that you know these communities don't have access to or you know, they just aren't able to get it, which is sorry, I'm nervous, y'all. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're doing well. But um what got me into this work is really just growing up in West Oakland and just seeing um just the rough parts and how, you know, it's easy to turn a blind eye but and that's one of the things that, you know, our unhoused folks um deal with is just not being seen. They feel invisible and, and that's where my work comes in because Truly, it is just about being a human being and just having a conversation with them and seeing how you can help them in any way they can. And that's where Lifelong comes in, where I can um, link these folks to a primary care physician, a dental visit, um, Mm -hmm. a free wellness class, a free Mm -hmm. yoga class, um, Mm -hmm. some free veggies. So I just love my work that I do because every time I have a conversation with a person, I leave knowing that in some way, they look forward to, you know, reaching out and possibly getting a service that they didn't have. Mm. So, yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Hey, <clears throat> sorry. Hey, I'm Krista. Um, I, in my day job, I work for a children's health nonprofit. And in Freedom Community Clinic and, and in my healing offering, I offer Reiki and yoga and meditation yoga as in just kind of the full package but conscious movement and meditation Um, and I think what brought me to this work maybe was I've always been intrigued with the physical side of health I was a college athlete I uh, was a personal trainer for a while in college and um, then I couldn't compete anymore and I didn't have kind of an outlet anymore and didn't know how to take care of my spirituality and my mental health and social-emotional health. Um, and so that was kind of the start of getting more into yoga for myself personally. Um, but then after going through a yoga teacher training, I just realized both my, my professional career and my personal aspirations have come together in wanting to ensure that I can provide offerings to communities that don't always have the access Um, to live their lives fully and to thrive in the ways that they need and so um, Freedom Community Clinic has been a way to to get closer to that and um, Really bring I think a lot of my passions together To be able to just serve in the ways that I've always wanted Uh, My name
5: is Alexis I um, All my education and training is in public health and kind of similar to Tiffany I grew up on the East Coast, I'm from DC, and I grew up kind of amidst like a lot of health disparities and kind of looking at these disparate outcomes in communities. Um, And so kind of all my work since I was in high school has really been around um, focusing on issues and systems that contribute to ill health in communities. Um, So yeah, so I do, so in in Freedom Clinic I do Reiki, um, I do some like herbal work um, on the side Um, and it's always been really important to me kind of as I've continued as a researcher and as an academic, kind of the nature of academia divorces you from your communities of origin that you come from or from just having kind of like direct community work, uh, partly which is the design of academia. Um, so it's always been really important to me to have work that's like rooted in community and connected to communities, um. And so I've always kind of tried to find different ways where I can give back in a direct way. Since I'm not a clinician, I'm um, to try to figure out ways where I can kind of do more like direct work with communities that I um, have been like lucky to either be a part of or, or to work with. So, yeah, that's pretty much what brought me to Freedom Community Clinic. Is just trying to find ways to do uh, like kind of this like less like thought based health work and, and do things that a little bit more practical, hands on.
1: That's so. It makes me think a lot about, <clears throat> like, I think all of us have, and Eva too, like, I think we've all kind of definitely had interactions with the medical system, but then we've realized, like, it's super essential to kind of, like, build um, a knowledge base and, like, an experience and a, and practical, not only practical skills, but also just, like, interactions with different other healing modalities that may not be acknowledged by like our current medical system. And so like, I mean anyone can answer this, but like has that for you like for acupuncture or for Reiki or like even other things that you've tried, like, was that serendipitous to you? Or like did you like do research on it? Like how did you come to these different healing practices where you were like, this for me seems so fulfilling in helping me on my healing journey? And like what made y'all want to like I know, become a practitioner in that?
3: Um, yeah, so I did I did actually do a lot of research before choosing a modality because you know, I thought growing up I thought the only options were being a doctor or a nurse. And so I kinda kept that in my mind for a long time. But seeing that people didn't seem to be getting better with medications that they were being given, then I thought about being a psychiatrist and You know, through all of this, just trying to find something that really addressed the whole person. And I thought I wanted to be an herbalist. That was the only thing I could land on, really. But I kept getting referred to acupuncture schools when I was doing Google searches, (laughs) which was random. Um, But I was glad that that happened. And, yeah, it felt serendipitous because, you know, I was set like herbalism. And then I'd never had acupuncture. And so I got acupuncture. And I was like, this is dope. And then I did this little short course, like an intro to Chinese medicine, and it immediately made sense to me. The, the way that the, the practitioner talked about it was just that emotions and physical discomfort are just cyclical, and they basically feed into each other. And so the whole body is affected. Um, like by these two and so you can't really separate them you can't try and treat one without looking at the other and I realized that that's so much of what our system does our system separates them mm. when really they're so intertwined mm-hmm. and Chinese medicine has given me the opportunity to look at a whole person in that way and check in with people's emotions you know they're telling me about stomach aches or this pain or that pain and I'm like okay well you know what's going on in your your life you know when you find out that they're grieving a loss or mm. you know they've you know, had a divorce or you know, whatever it is that's going on, but that's contributing to so much of their pain. So yeah, that it made it made sense to me and I um yeah, that's what drew me to it. So
0: mm-hmm.
4: So before um I joined f- Freedom Community Clinic. Whenever I was sick or just felt bad, I thought, "Oh, let me make a doctor's appointment with Kaiser. Oh, let me let me call my abuelita. Let me see what she um, she can tell me what to do at home." I've never. Um, tried Reiki or um, acupuncture, and I actually never heard of Reiki, but let me just say that I tried acupuncture for the first time with Tiff, um, (laughs) and I have a really big fear of needles, so she really led me through it, and it was a great experience, definitely gonna try it again, and I also tried Reiki for the first time with Krista, and yo, (laughs) let me just say that... When that was when our session was over, I was crying. I was happy, I had so many emotions, but I felt like ten pounds lighter and it was just an amazing experience for me and um, I've been you know recommending it to my folks ever since um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just amazing experiences and I'm glad we can offer this to our community mm-hmm.
2: so, yeah. before before Krista jumps in, I just want our listeners who don't know what Reiki is if One of the Reiki practitioners want to just like explain what it is for those who are listening. Who are like, what is this transformative experience that they're talking about? Like, just give them a little boom. Yeah. Uh,
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Reiki, it's uh, like a Japanese uh, healing modality that's uh, based off of like energy work. Um, And so a lot of what Reiki is is kind of like addressing potential like energy imbalances in the body. or focusing on like resettling energy in the body and so it's um i'm trying to think of a good way to describe it so it's not like a hands-on modality in the way that like, acupuncture or chiropractic care might be where somebody's like putting their hands physically on your body um but it's more like a means to address energy imbalances um would be my quick description of it
0: cool thank you mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me coming into this work personally um, so my first time doing yoga like quote-unquote yoga we were forced to as college athletes it was our Mm. rest day again (laughs) quote-unquote to do it and so and it was for the whole athletic department so football players basketball we all had to do it Mm. Um, and I felt really awkward and didn't know what I was doing and it, it's just what it felt so different than how I was used to understanding my body um but once I was unable to compete I realized I didn't I no longer had an outlet to process what was going on in my life and I didn't have practice to get these constant waves of endorphins or be able to process whatever had happened in the day so for me um personally just having the opportunity to learn more about meditation and um, movement, especially during stressful points in my life, it just slowly became part of my self care um, and helped me help pull me out of depressive periods or periods of burnout. And so um, I think I just, and I've always wanted, I think similar to Tiffany, be of service to community and, seeing and and doing research of my on my own of trying to figure out how I can do that um, in a way that complements my professional career it just it just kind of happened and I knew that I never wanted to be in a studio because that Mm -hmm. felt you know people are in lululemon tights and Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) dropping classes at 30 it's it's so restrictive and it doesn't help the people that I want to help it doesn't help people like me like I don't have $30 to drop into a class so I think for me it just it it, it's all felt like I'm supposed to be here and I'm in the right place and so I'm trying to figure out what that means and still and still do what feels right um but I I wouldn't be here without it quite frankly and Mm -hmm. so I've just been really grateful for it Mm -hmm.
5: Um, I got into Reiki first when I was in grad school, um, which was just kind of like, yeah, similarly like a difficult process, (laughs) um, which is part of the nature of, of like doing doctoral work. Um, and, but, so like, so it's kind of like part of like a longer journey of, of being in grad school and like kind of feeling like disconnected and disembodied from things, um, and finding, like, kind of different ways and modalities to just kind of, like, reconnect back to myself and to community. And so part of that was through, um, like, changes in, like, my in, like, kind of like my own spirituality and, and thinking more about reconnecting to, like, ancestors, and that led me to some herbal work, and that led me to Reiki. And then when I found out I could, like, learn how to do it, then I um, kind of wanted to be able to do that, and, and it's nice to be able to provide that service to other people now. Um because I think there's a lot of people are don't know what Reiki is or they are hesitant about it. Um, so, yeah, so, it's, so it is a bit serendipitous because it's part of this kind of, like, larger journey um, and kind of, like, how my life has developed, like, kind of, you know, post-grad school and all that stuff. So I would say, okay, yeah, mostly serendipity.
0: So can I say, too, maybe yeah. – um, we talk a lot, I think, with Freedom, right, about how we're blending different modalities. And mm-hmm. I learned about, I first learned about Reiki from a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I I only wanted to go to, I didn't want to take medication. I needed to figure out how I could get through whatever mental health challenges I was having. Free of medicine, it, like, scared me to think about that. And so my therapist was like, let's try Reiki.
4: And oh, wow. I think
0: from there, it again, like I, th- I think shows the power to everyone's been saying of of how you can find these ways um to get at your healing and and know that it's bringing you back maybe to something that you know is inherently inside of you but there's some trigger that gets you there um so I just wanted to note that that kind of intersection point I think for me as well
2: Mm -hmm. I think that's so beautiful because I find that in western medicine we are not as great about incorporating other forms of healing as like recommendations for people Like sometimes it'll be like oh you know refer to a counselor or like had social worker talk to them about these resources which are great also but it's really cool to see that uh those different types of healing modalities that aren't western medicine still can support each other and like oh This therapist is going to refer you here, like to an acupuncturist, can refer you to an herbalist, and like just that they might be working in communion with each other Mm -hmm. a lot more, which I think is nice because I think it is also helpful to have a whole bunch of different things Mm -hmm. that can be contributing to your overall well being. Yeah. And not just like the one way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I got to say, some of my, with Freedom Community Clinic, I mean, I just can say like two, some of my most favorite moments. I always talk about this. But one of the first is, so our community clinics, when we have pop-ups, is we make sure that we don't make people come to kind of a sanitized building where they're forced to show documentation Mm. and it's like really bougie. It's not like where, it's not in the place where they know. One of the central tenants of Freedom Community Clinic is we go to places and spaces where communities already gather and celebrate. And so that automatically allows people to feel comfortable where they are. And then the other thing is that um it's just super dope so in our some in some of our like clinics and our pop-ups we have like doctors and we have reiki practitioners and we have acupuncturists and we have nutritionists and they're all kind of at the same i don't know festival or like um workshop and so we had this one event um in partnership with the stoklyn collective and it was in uh dp stoklyn and I think almost all y'all were there, and so we had, I think, yeah, Krista was there, Sabrina Tiff was there, and um, basically, like, people would, it was, like, at a school where the community was, and they had never, I don't know, they don't really regularly take their blood pressure, um, and almost no one had basically gotten acupuncture or Reiki before. But because we were there, people were like, who are y'all? What are you doing? And we're like, you know, we have these services. If you're interested, we would love for you to try. And also, like, um, you know, we just, like, have an energy and a vibe, and we also – reflect the community as well. So people began to like start feeling comfortable to come to us. So people would start getting their blood pressure and they'd be like, what's Reiki? And then like one person would try Reiki. Then they would freaking love it. And they'd be like, you gotta go get Reiki with Krista. And then like all (laughs) of like her friends would like sign up (laughs) to get Reiki. And then while they're waiting for Reiki, then like we have this acupuncture circle going on. And then people in the community who had never done acupuncture would then tell their friends at the festival, like, you gotta go try the acupuncture c- circle. So then soon it was like super full. And then people had their acupuncture needles, and like, too short was popping. And people were like having a great time doing acupuncture to too short, then like waiting for Reiki. And then after taking their blood pressure to see like, if that helped them calm down. And it was just like so beautiful to see that. And then one of my second favorite events was um, with Mujeres Unides Unidas y Activas. And um, with them, we had uh, some doctors there. And then we also, in some of our clinics, do kind of like an intention circle, affirmation circle. And we were able to do that. Sabrina was able to do that with some of the families there in Spanish. And I was able to do that with some of the volunteers in English. And it completely changed the vibe of this clinic, which was centered on helping asylum-seeking families um, press their case for asylum But because the energy was just so heavy on trauma, we brought kind of this healing aspect of allowing people to affirm the life that they want to see for themselves. And also tell them like your healing is not just like your medical issues or your health issues, it's like your whole person and it's your whole affirmation of of who you are and like your dreams and your goals. And so it's just like those events for me are just like, wow, like super powerful. But, yeah, I don't know if y'all have, like, any moments, like, how has your, like, what drew you to Freedom Clinic in the first place, and, like, how has it been being part of the organizing team since, whether that's, like, a, an event that struck you, or, I don't know, someone you met, yeah.
2: Or, like, even patient experiences. <coughs> yeah. That, like, have really touched you, because mm-hmm. as someone who has never, like, done Reiki or got received acupuncture, like who would love to, but just doesn't got the money. Cause I feel like normally when it's advertised, we got like, y'all. Oh, we got yeah. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like after this recording, free you yeah. Free sliding scale. Um, <laughs> we believe
1: in free and sliding scale. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So,
1: yeah. I had a question in there at some point, I think. Did I? Yeah. Your question was
3: how to make it accessible. Patient sure.
1: Experience? Patient oh, experience. Patient experiences.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that, the clinic that you were talking about, Bernie, at East Oakland Collective um, still stands out because of interactions with patients. For the first time, many of them, like you said, had never had acupuncture before, didn't really know what it was. Um, people generally are pretty skittish around needles, you know? And it was a moment where it was an opportunity, really. To show up exactly where people were at,
4: mm.
3: and um, that was interesting, because even when I do community acupuncture where I work, we always have this very like quiet meditative music going and flutes and you know all that other stuff. Um, <laughs> so to be treating people and have too short playing was really interesting and beautiful because people were excited they had music that they wanted they were surrounded by people that they knew and they were ha- you know having this new experience with healing so in terms of patient experiences those that moment really stands out for sure um yeah so thanks for bringing that up it's always it's always a fun fun memory
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. yeah
4: I guess for me, um, an experience is going to be People's Breakfast Oakland when we uh, link with them and we go out into the West Oakland community and provide um, healing services, healing kits, um, first aid kits, along with um, PBO, which brings food. Um, what else do they bring? They bring um clothes toiletries just Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of things and it's just this hub of just amazing things and um so basically we link up on a sunday um at one of uh, the pbo organizers house and the house happens to be across the street from where i grew up um Mm. i'm like what what what's going on here (laughs) (laughs) um so so yeah, just walking down the street where I grew up in West Oakland, um just so many good and bad memories. So that was that. Um so already just so many emotions and then also going to um 25th and MLK under the Overpass where it's a big encampment. Um also that's you know, my hood where I grew up, near St. Vincent's um DePaul, the mission. I used to go there with my mom and my grandma to get a free meal. So it's just for me to be able to give back to my community where I grew up, where I also struggled, is just very heartwarming. And yeah, it's just amazing to be able to do work. And it, it amazes me every time how Bernie, who's from L.A., <laughs> <laughs> teaches me about my community. And like I learned so much about Oakland from her, <laughs> which still blows my mind. <laughs> We talk about this a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd say my favorite event, too, was the Feed the Hood with East Oakland Collective um, for all the reasons you all said. Um, and I think right now, we're so we're going through the Healing for Nonprofits program, um, which is really our opportunity to provide people that work with and for mission-driven organizations to find some ease and calm throughout their day. Um, And so right now we're with East Oakland Collective this month. And so Tiff and I were there this past Thursday, and there were people that were at the Feed the Hood event that were also there. And so it was cool to walk in and be like, I remember you. Like, (laughs) it's us again, you know? And um, having the opportunity again to just be in community together and um it was so sweet watching everyone just relax from tiff's services and we had lo-fi beats on spotify which people loved and um people moved around the room so they could sit in the sun with their needles in and just soak it in and it was just it was exactly what you want you want to provide people with an opportunity to relax like especially people of color we just need to relax like Mm -hmm. we have so much like stress built up toxic stress right and if we could just offer a space to feel safe and and just have some ease I feel like that's a win and Mm -hmm. and it was just so beautiful to see that um so it's up there with one of my favorite experiences for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um I think the the Tuesday clinics.
5: What's, what's always nice about the Tuesday clinics is because we provide um, free inciting scale services. Is so that it's like a low barrier way for people to get introduced to these different modalities, so people can just try it mm. and they don't have to worry about like having to spend like fifty dollars or like a hundred dollars to get acupuncture or reiki. Like people charge like two hundred dollars for reiki or like a thousand dollars for reiki, which is... for real. I mean, you know, we like really do. you don't know, get your money, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, know, you, know, like, okay. you know, do be doing You don't reiki, but you know. Whatever. <laughs> Um, but, you know, to, t- like, to have, like, for people who aren't familiar with things like Reiki or meditation or acupuncture or yoga, like, kind of doing it themselves to have, like, this, like, upfront cost of, like, $50, 100 $200 is a huge barrier mm-hmm. um, to, like, try something new. So the fact that we can, like, provide these services for people who may not have ever practiced them before in kind of, like, a low barrier, really accessible way is always really rewarding to me and so you see people come into our Tuesday clinics who are doing something for the first time um, or like participating in a circle for the first time or something Um, and it's just really nice to see because it kind of can help expand their minds about like what healing and wellness potentially looks like and what kinds of care they can get and access Um, and so that's been yeah just really nice to see and for us to just kind of like be there in community and be working with people and you know without you know clinic gowns or hand sanitizer just kidding <laughs> we wash our hands um, but just like without kind of like all of the stuff that comes with like going to a doctor that's just like a barrier for folks yeah um and so it's real. nice just to be able to kind of connect with people that way and they feel super comfortable and it's just really it's just like a transformative experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah sometimes because like i What you said, Sabrina, really struck me as, like, this power, I feel like, in all of you, I've witnessed it, but as you're um, helping people in their healing journey, you're also having such a beautiful conversation with them about, like, their whole person, and I feel like, damn, in medicine, like, sometimes I'm just like, oh, my gosh, just because, like, you know, social history... Health related behaviors, which is like kind of the customary algorithm of how we do it. It's like so very rarely, I think, acknowledged in many fields, like we just finished surgery and (laughs) different other specialties. But especially if you're outside of primary care, getting kind of the really emergency procedures, I feel like the whole person is forgotten when really maybe that's the root cause of a lot of that. And then also, it's just really funny because I think I've told some of you, but, like, now in medicine we're having – sometimes I feel some type of way about these algorithms of how to have conversations with patients. Like, you say this line for an end-of-life conversation, and then this line, and then this line. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, like, very robotic when I feel like there is an art to being present. There's, like, an art to the conversation. There's, like, an art to – sitting with uh yeah sitting in silence and sitting with yourself that sometimes I think the dominant frameworks of western medicine are like so solutions oriented that we forget that like it takes time and sometimes stillness and and looking at the whole person is oftentimes the most essential most necessary thing we can do for ourselves and other people so yeah relate and validate. (laughs) <laughs> everything you
2: said um I feel like my most productive patient encounters are the ones where I really get a chance to like spend a lot of time with them and just just talk to them you know you ask those sort of like formulate questions but then it doesn't have to be like do you drink yes no you know like, do you smoke tobacco yes no like, you can like talk to people about like the not you can like you should talk to people about the sort of things going on like oh like who lives with you at home like oh you're married like how long have you been married for i got any pets like oh this and you find out all these things about them and i remember one time my preceptor was observing me taking a history and she was like wow like you know i've seen this patient so many times i had no idea that they volunteered here doing this and that like i had never heard that before and i was like wait what that was like, mm-hmm. the very first thing i got out of her you know like like oh like what do you normally do for fun or like how do you spend your days and things like that and just understanding the context of the life that they live mm-hmm. is like absolutely crucial to providing care mm-hmm. um and i think as medical students we definitely get to benefit because we get more time with the patients normally they're like yeah you just go and see that patient for like that however long mm-hmm. um whereas once you become like a, an attending provider your schedule is like so 15 like minutes 15, per 15 patient. minutes to yeah. 30 minutes per patient and it's like I mean, how, how am I gonna get through all their chronic medical problems and get to know, like it's just not enough time. And so people I feel like are forced to choose to like deal with the, you know, the more chronic or what they consider to be more serious issues and then don't really get to touch on those other, you know, so, socio-emotional health, as you were saying, things like that, um, that it's actually dri- the driving, <laughs> driving factor. Like you were talking about the connection between the emotional and the physical and how it's a cycle um so I feel like just when you're able to really address that with your patients though they leave so like oh my gosh this is such a great visit like oh thank you so much for taking the time to explain it no one's explained that to me before and just like Mm -hmm. making people feel comfortable in that way that can relieve a lot of stress for people and just like help them go on about their day and just I don't know make the changes that they may need to make and just I don't know give them that confidence and strength Mm -hmm. to believe in their own healing yeah
3: Yeah. for sure and if we to what you were saying, EVA, if we were all working together, then that would help to relieve that burden that I'm sure a lot of Western doctors feel, you know, not having enough time to really get to know the patient and find out what's going on, right?
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: referrals are really helpful in that way because that way, me- like, Western medical doctors can focus on the things that they are good at, right? Mm-hmm. They can focus on the things that they know how to fix and do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know i just i would like to see that mm-hmm. like i feel like all of it is important mm-hmm. everyone has a part to play everyone can help with people's healing we just have to really be conscious of working together you know as a as a chinese medicine practitioner i don't claim to know everything mm-hmm. and we learn just enough western medicine in schooling so that when someone comes to us with a certain issue we know to say this is not something i can resolve and i mm-hmm. think you need to see your doctor mm-hmm. and that's beautiful because i can be honest about what i can't do Mm -hmm. and send someone to get the healing that they need yeah you know Mm -hmm. so i just yeah i hope to see all of us working together you know at some point Mm -hmm. and to really help people healing their whole selves through Mm -hmm. that yeah
1: for sure yeah i think that's so important too because mm, i just feel like a lot sometimes i just feel like as a medical student we we encourage a lot of our listeners who are m- a lot of them are in medicine whether they're practitioners or pre med students and we're like keep being your whole selves like please keep being like all the different dimensions and the whatever so-called contradictions that you are because like that is an embodiment of the complexity of the realities of human life and if we kind of buy into these notions that we are like one thing or one specialty that we can only know the body in this way then that really leaves out such a huge joyous interdisciplinary way of looking at the world and so yeah i think about like a lot of the conditions like we think about back pain or like it, i don't know stomach issues and a lot of it we're just like idiopathic functional functional <laughs> Fun- functional <laughs> like we so don't know put on like non like NSAIDs and just like monitoring and evaluation when we're like no like actually we can refer them to TIF, or we can like try mm-hmm. some like energy work because or like try some therapy and, and really like allow this person to be seen for their whole selves rather than i think i always talk about this but i feel like sometimes in western medicine we d- we are taught how to treat disease but we're not taught to he- we're not taught to uplift health in ways that um come from the frameworks of wholeness so Yeah.
2: It's so funny. I was in the clinic last week, and there was this one patient who was saying that they had these, like, chronic problems, and they're like, I really don't want to take medication for it. I've been working with my PCP, who was a DO. And so Mm. they're trained in a lot more when actually doing things that are hands-on. And this person had uh, chronic headaches that were just, like, really bad. And they were like, oh, you know, I've been doing this osteomanipulative therapy with my, like, PCP. So I was like, wow, they don't do just that for our MDs, which sucks. Um, But I'm like, she was like, yeah, it provided me so much relief. And then, you know, my PCP suggested I go to an acupuncturist. And I was doing that for a while, and that also gave me relief. But, like, like I still want to, like, reduce the frequency. And I was just, like, thinking, one, it's really cool that you have a doctor who's doing this hands-on, you know, like, therapeutic work. Because she said that, like, significantly reduced the amount of her headaches. Too, it's cool that he recommended you to an acupuncturist um and like that's really awesome that you were able to get that experience but it was really funny because my preceptor was like oh it's so weird that she was so like anti-medicine and this and that and i was like like we're taking medicine and i'm just thinking like what is so weird about that like there's plenty of people who want to learn to heal themselves in just different ways and don't want to have to worry about picking up prescriptions or just like any potential side effects and just like want things to be you know what i mean they want to do it as naturally as possible mm-hmm. um just because they don't want to have to think about adding that to their life and their routine but it was just funny because they're like oh they're so so against medicine and i was just like yeah i mean i get it and like no one really wants to take a medication every day for the rest of their life if mm-hmm. they can help it you know mm-hmm. you don't want to just go about your business mm-hmm. and live your life yeah um and not feel sort of like tied to this mm-hmm. thing so yeah it's really interesting. I feel like it's hard for some providers, or like sometimes providers almost want to shame patients yeah. who don't want to start treatment, like start with you know, like the pharmacologic treatment. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well like, this is the best thing or this is the only thing. And I think people really need to be patient in exploring just the other modalities and like, understanding why a patient doesn't even want it in the first place like oh what, what worries you about this like what are the like biggest side you know what i mean just taking time to elicit that information yeah in the first
0: place even so yeah, yeah.
2: we got we got a ways to go yeah it's
1: okay. we're working on
0: it <laughs> i i so agree with that um my dad is someone who i like track just as an older generation um i think we've talked to about just the trust, inherent trust that he just gives to the doctor. If, Mm. if something's wrong and they give you medication, you take it and that's going to be it. And, you know, I think for him, he's gotten to a point where he's like, I'm tired of being prescribed medication. So I'm trying to find other ways. I think to your point, EVA, like Mm -hmm. how do I heal myself in in another way? So I don't have to take pills for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I try, I got him to try like chia seeds the other day. <laughs> <to> see, like, <laughs> "Do you like seeds. this?" Like, you know, chia seeds. you know something else fiber. and I think for him he's he's becoming so much more open-minded mm-hmm. about that stuff, but you know, hadn't been talked to about it before and they're the doctors, you know, aren't feeling like they can or maybe they just don't feel like telling people that there are other ways and mm-hmm. so um I think the hunger is out there and I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm curious about us and maybe like our generation as we are getting access and exposure to some of these, this work, what about those that aren't? And then, and how do we reach, how do we get to them Even And it's through someone they trust, which I think inherently becomes the doctor. So mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. we, you know, as non-traditional medicine, quote unquote, support you your mm-hmm. and your work and how can we be, better advocates maybe for that and and then for the patient mm-hmm. to work in concert
1: yeah i was actually gonna ask y'all as like a closing question um anivia you could talk about this too but what is your vision for like a more healed world like what is the visual that comes to mind when you when you vision the more just and healed world because we'd be hurting rona be scooting around <laughs> and uh and our medical system is kind of i don't know how you feel i just feel like there's just anxious vibes everywhere oh yeah. it's like hour by hour updates Absolutely. it's like and it's like no it's fever and cough no just kidding it's just cough no i'm like bruh know. like <laughs> are we not scientists? <laughs> i just don't understand um but i just feel like there's um a lot of the unhealed uh like bad energies are coming out that I feel like have been suppressed for a long time, and I feel like um, in this room of healers of different modalities, I think we're gonna kind of be at the front lines of like really visioning what this future society is gonna look like post-Rona. Like I'm really <laughs> like, damn, like we're gonna be out till May. Like it's mid-March. Yeah. Like I just don't. <laughs> 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 I I don't know even what to conceive of that. So yeah. Do y'all have any like anything that come up?
0: For me, um, and we talk about this a lot at my job, too, of health is so interconnected, right? It's connected to transportation, economics, job, food, everything. And so to me, a just society um, that really ensures that people are just, you know, not just surviving, right? Like they're doing well and they're thriving. Mm -hmm. Um, It just takes such a multifaceted approach across a variety of disciplines um and so it can feel really overwhelming cuz it's like if for me for for us to help with your mental like how do we ensure that your transportation's on point and how do we everyone i think have some basic needs you should have a place that you could call home nutritious foods on your table a job that you care about or a way to make money a way to support your family that may not in the traditional sense seem to equal health, but it so does. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's, there's a lot of policy work that has to be done, but ultimately I would love to just be able to see our society across the board have their basics taken care of. Um, and, and that to me then leads to health and we mm-hmm. could figure out, you know, what that looks like in the future. But basic needs is like <laughs> the bare minimum right now mm-hmm. in my mind of, if, if we can just get that, um I feel like that's that can lead to some people thriving, really thriving. Um I mean yeah, I mean I think
5: I think a lot about health cuz it's my job. Um <laughs> so I, I mean to me every like health is everything that like exists outside of like the clinic space and so by the time you've gone mm. to the doctor a lot for me it's like that's a failure of that's mm. a health point failure kind of you know Mm -hmm. so similar to what krista said like i mean health is everything that like encompasses like your well-being like your ability to take care of yourself your ability to house yourself your ability like things that can make you well so when you're going to the doctor the way that medicine is set up in the united states is that you're dealing with a problem you're not dealing with wellness which i which Mm -hmm. i think is not like fundamentally wrong it's just that we then are not adjusting these kind of external factors that contribute to illness and in poor health outcomes. Um, so like a just world, I mean, that's connected to so many things. That's connected to like criminalization and like prison abolition and so many things. It's like, what are we doing um, to set up the conditions that allow people to thrive in their lives and in their communities? And those are the factors that ultimately lead to health mm-hmm. and lead to wellness.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, and kind of, you know, within that, like people are always going to get sick. They're, they're always going to be like ill or unwell. Like we're always gonna get colds. We're always going you know, people Will develop chronic health disorders or whatever, but um, the way that our system is set up now, kind of as a function of capitalism, is to put the resources into like treatment and management of disease rather than, you know, developing wellness and developing kind of these things that allow people to thrive and allow people to kind of exist in their communities in a way that is like optimal to their well being. So if we're going to kind of like it gets to this like kind of fundamental root causes issue, which we talk about all the time in public health, but um, is not where our, our dollars necessarily go. So, you know, I think people, a lot of people have been talking about like this thing with with the coronavirus is that it points out these really clear like fail points in our social system and in our in like a capitalist structure that. Uh, has kind of allowed this epidemic to be what it is or allowed this pandemic to kind of develop with, like, the lack of healthcare access without people not having, like, sick leave at work, people, like, not being able to, like, take time off of work, what we're going to do with, like, kids who are out of school. It points out all these kind of, like, fail points in Mm -hmm. our current system that allow disease to thrive rather than allowing wellness to thrive. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
5: I mean, to me, like, health is kind of, like, a fundamental rearranging of our kind of Right, social economic system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, Ditto doctor.
3: what um, Krista and Alexis said about wellness and health starting well before you get to a doctor or to a healthcare practitioner. Um, all of that, and I'd also like to add accessibility. You know, a long time ago when you got sick, the doctor went to your house, and now we expect when someone is, you know, not feeling well for them to travel somewhere else Hmm. to go get healing. And, you know, I would like to see healing practitioners going out to meet people where they're at, to provide Hmm. the services where they're at, where they need them, so that people don't have to worry about transportation, childcare, all these other things that they just know that they'll be taken care of. Um, And also for, you know, unquote non-traditional modalities to become more accessible to the communities that really need them but generally don't have access or awareness right because you don't know what you don't know mm. so um you know I think it's on all of us who are who have chosen these you know quote-unquote non-traditional healing modalities to really make ourselves available and known in communities which I know can be tough um And I think it's really, really important just so that people are aware and know that they have so many options for healing and so that we can just educate each other and just uplift each other in that way, so.
4: I mean, yeah, you guys touched on everything I was thinking. Um, What really comes to my mind during all this corona talk is um, I do a lot of work at the senior centers in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them rely on the free breakfast and lunch and also they give free bag produce giveaways um every tuesdays and thursdays so it's like how are these folks who are supposed to stay isolated how are they going to get this food that they rely on so it's just it's just everything it's the basic needs the practitioners coming to the to to you it's the policies it's, it's just everything and i feel like you guys touched on everything and yeah we'll we'll see what happens yes
2: Well, thank you. I I don't have much more to add. I think you guys really touched on, like, everything. Yeah. Um,
1: I was going to say that I just, in the future, I know that I want to be part of a revolution that dances and that is, like, rooted in joy and Mm -hmm. love and where we don't allow the traumas and the oppressions of another system define us. And I think that's from what y'all are talking about. It's about I get to define who I am and no one can fucking stop me, bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you guys so much for being here. Do you guys have any, like, final words or things that you want people to know about, like, what you do and, like, I don't know, just the work that you do or the healing modality that's important to you? It's also cool if not, but mm. just wondering. I mean. You guys all do such important, cool work.
4: Yeah, I just want to invite everyone to come volunteer. Come be a part of the yes. team. I mean... I know there's so many people out there um who have amazing ideas of healing, of joy, so come on out.
1: Yes, come on out and
4: test their idea like
1: like literally part of the revolution is like giving to others and I think a lot of people we just had in our last episode, like you don't just gotta be a doctor. Like you can you can do whatever you want. As long as you're rooted in love and we as an organizing team here at Freedom Community Clinic will help you um make sure that your love is given to to in ways that people will receive it and um know that we're all in community with each other because that's that's the main point Mm -hmm. they try to isolate us yo with this rona stuff and it's like no Mm -hmm. like even with the social distancing like we are trying as much as possible to bring forth the love because that's um that's the vibration that we always want to keep on
2: facts facts facts
1: Thank you so much, y'all, for making the trek out to the city. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Love nice y'all. To meet you guys. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.